Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew. I'm a good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. We watched the season finale of Secession tonight, Ooh, right before you came over. I haven't watched that. Oh, man. Golly. Super Ooh. good. I'm good, though. Uh, it's it's the end of the weekend. It's kind of uh, uh, that time where I'm lamenting having to go back to work proper. Uh, I did some work this weekend, but, you know, it's like when you're when you're weekend working it doesn't feel like real working no when you're doing it on your own terms there's something to be said about going to work in sweatpants and no underwear yeah Uh, you just can't do that monday to friday yeah that that, that's right i was literally literally wearing sweatpants Uh, and underwear or no underwear I had underwear on. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the free balling. At all, it's all context for me. Like just normal day to day life. Got to wear some undies. Uh, there's a lot of instances in my life where I, I I don't go for the undies though. Need that ventilation. Yeah, sure. You know, it, it's for whatever reason doesn't work for me. But I get it. I get certain people dig that for whatever reason. Uh, it doesn't work for me. I, I like the feeling. I love the the feeling of putting on underwear. Yeah. I love brand new underwear, like just right out of the bag, take the tape off, put those things on. Yeah, it's nice. I like this, like brand new socks. Right. Oh, yeah. Brand new socks are the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, for some reason, we, we knew a guy in college and we had to go to this. Uh, you remember Brian, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had to go to this 30-day training camp uh, between uh, during the summer, between years of school. And uh, I bought three bags of underwear, of all like black and gray underwear to wear. And I, for some reason, this, like, when he said that, I, I, he was there as I was packing my bags, and, and I will never forget him saying, man, I can't wait to be there when you take off those underwear and you're all covered in lint. And I just looked at him, and I was like, what? Think about what you said. Like, you're excited to see me, like, taking off my underwear. You're excited to see me covered in lint. Like, why are you going to be there in the same place? Why is this something that gets you riled up? And also, why am I going to be covered in lint? Like, they aren't like woolen underpants. They're <laughs> cotton underwear. It's not like they, they get linty when you wear them. It was just, for some reason, I can always hear him saying that whenever I put on brand new underwear. He was that guy. He was that guy just that, uh, I, I love him. I love him. But he was that guy that always just said the like, why are you saying this to me right now, Brian? Yeah, that was just, just weird, weird things like that. He had the worst timing of anybody I've ever met in my life. But also, I mean, that could, you could argue that it's perfect then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for him. Yeah. Well, did it? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It worked. How are you, man? Good. I'm also lamenting the end of the weekend, but I had a... T- I mean, I, I woke up yesterday and I thought I was going to die. I, mm-hmm. I almost texted you and said, hey, man, we're not going to be able to get one in this weekend, so let's plan for sometime during the week because I just... I I woke up with this like, just rash. terrible head congestion. That The rash is normal. That's an always thing. <laughs> uh, terrible head congestion. I couldn't talk. I, I thought I was dying. Uh, so some NyQuil and some decongestant and... Uh, heavily humidified room did you do did you do uh daytime nyquil dayquil you did dayquil yeah did i say nyquil well you did but i'm just wondering i mean because sometimes i like to do that like wake up in the morning i have a little nyquil and just just get the party started (laughs) just power through uh yeah no i can't do that i uh (laughs) if i take nyquil i have about 80 seconds before i'm unconscious who was that who was that uh there's a comedian that Tell the joke about Excedrin PM and that was in Four Year Old Virgin. You take two of them, oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, masturbate, <laughs> like see right. if you can do it before you go to Seth sleep. Rogan, and, Seth yeah, Rogan, yeah, no yeah. matter what, you always win. <laughs> yeah, Forty Year Old Virgin. Thank you for nailing. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, other than that, I'm good. I'm I'm feeling better today. I woke up. I mean, 
ninety percent. And you have two weeks left in the academy. Three, three weeks. Okay, I'm yep. sorry, but it has got to be like the last week has to be kind of BS. You know, you think that, you hope that it's not. That's it's that's not. when they cram in like all the oh shit, we we wasted too much time up front, right? So <laughs> we have curriculum points that we need to get, and, <laughs> and we never got to. So strap in, here we go. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be a it'll be a bit of a whirlwind for the next couple of weeks, which is good. I would rather spend eight hours just going absolutely bonkers, like nonstop thrill ride of activity yeah then what hours and hours of why am i here so you learned about radar radar uh, yeah some 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 radar it's like that we covered a lot of the science behind radar which i'm not a smart man i mean you all know me ever you know me better I, I can understand most things, but like science and physics, that's just that, that's mostly beyond me. Mm. And I and you also know this character flaw about me. If I'm not inherently pretty okay at something right off the bat, pff, I don't need it. You kind of lose interest. Yeah. So this was one of those things where I just sat through while it happened to me. Did you learn about any good ways to avoid detection on radar? There isn't. There isn't. Yeah. What about like the paints and whatnot? Nah. They don't work. Nah, they don't work. They're like. Yeah, they don't work. What about the things that you can put on your dash to at least tell you when it's coming? Uh, so the the range of radar is so great mm-hmm. that by the time your thing is picking up that radar is in the area, you've already been hit by it. You've been pinged. So, except to the extent that they're pinging other cars that are before you. Yeah, yeah. So or or like in the vicinity of. But if you're on a a lone, lonely yeah. lonesome highway and it runs east of Omaha, if, if it goes ping, you you've already been hit. Oh yeah. Like you might as well not even hit the brakes. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, it was it was good to learn though. I, I like the idea of that paint, you know, that you can that you can avoid detection by anti-radar paint. The science behind that is so odd though. I mean, like and this is just with like a basic understanding of of radar waves. Why on earth would paint absorb a radar wave? It, I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't. It it can't. Okay. <laughs> well. It just reflects it. <laughs> like it, it's not like it, it, the only way to defeat radar is to get your car shaped like a B two bomber. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's about it. Could we do that to the Lexus? Yeah, I don't know why we. I the fact that we haven't yet it seems irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so we're talking about watches this week. Yeah, we're talking about watches specifically. We're talking about uh, we're talking about the Speedmaster. Well, sort of. Well, I, Our, I my version of the Speedmaster. We're 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 not talking about the Speedmaster. We're 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 going a roundabout way of talking about the best poor man Speedmaster. Yeah, because not everybody not everybody can gracefully get hit in a crosswalk. No by a Ford Ranger pickup, and not everyone wants to spend the next four years saving every penny. To buy that Speedmaster, because I think realistically, yeah, that's right. if that's what you, if everybody wanted a Speedmaster, and you set your mind to it, and you spend the next four years saving for it, you're going to have a Speedmaster by next by four Christmases from now. I think that's I think that's reasonable to, to to say. Yeah, and everybody's got different. Everybody has different uh, thresholds, but more or less, if you're in this hobby, you've got some th- some free cash. You've mm-hmm. got some disposable income if you're in this hobby, uh, and. and and we do have some listeners. We do have some listeners that have have kept their threshold very, very low. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In fact, I think it's admirable. Uh, it is limiting, 
It is a little bit. It can be. It is limiting. Um, but the world of watches under, say, about 150 bucks is actually pretty massive. It's huge. And you have to be especially discerning to pick those gems out of all that. that I think it's way easier to to pick up a Richard Meal and be like, oh, I'm so cool. I think finding some of these watches on the cheap, mm-hmm. some of the watches that we've picked out today that are some of them as cool, some of them I think maybe even cooler mm-hmm. than a Speedmaster, I think that's more impressive than picking up a quarter million dollar watch. Because I could never have a quarter million dollar watch, but I can have any one of these. It, yeah, that, that's right. Well, you know, there's there's something to be said for that. Um, there's something to be said for the hunt. I, I think that's sort of, um, that's one of the fun parts about what we do, right? Is we we look for that watch, we hunt for that watch, we, we read about specs and... Uh, you, you know, it, it's like everybody's had that experience where you find the perfect watch. Mm-hmm. I found it. I found the one I want. And then you order it and then, you know, you start the hunt all over again. Or, or, <laughs> or, or you scroll down the page and you see that 47 millimeter, oh! you know, and you're like, oh, oh, I did not find the watch. I might as well go stub my toe. Oh, it's 140 bucks. Those markers are beautiful. It's a screw down crown. It's, it's got 200 meters of water it's resistance. It's mecha quartz. Oh my gosh, 47 millimeters. You motherfucker. <laughs> so, uh, you know, what we do, what we do is um for the show, I think is sort of uh an extension of what we do for our own collections or what we have done. Now, I I am actually for today's show, I'm actually wearing a real Speedmaster. And I think I and, and I when would I have say been pretty, real, I mean the Omega version. I would have been pretty annoyed if you hadn't for yeah, today. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I will say, before I bought this watch, before I bought this watch, my t- the total value of my collection, the total value, every single watch added up in terms of what I paid for it, in terms of what I paid for it, was under $1,200 before this one. And I did the math on it. Oh. And so some of those watches I got very cheap, you know, like I got my Bertucci for almost nothing. And so basically a high five. That, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And, and I had gotten um, a, another watch, that Commander 300, I had gotten for almost nothing. So, um, you, you know, and, and not almost nothing, but but pretty, pretty affordable. So at the end of the day, um, I had I had some value in my collection, but the amount of money I'd spent was under 1200 bucks. And that's for like 15 watches, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of those I haven't really counted, like at a Timex, they, I didn't really count the price cause I can't remember what it was. It was $35 probably. It, yeah, that's right. So, so it's one of those things that, uh, and, and I was pretty happy with my collection at that point. I, I'm still, you know, take out the, take out the Speedmaster. I'm very happy with my collection. This doesn't actually add all that much. It's almost like a side collection, right? You can, you can, for not a lot of money, have a very cool, satisfying, sexy watch collection. But it takes time. But it takes time. You've got to be patient. Mm-hmm. You've got to be mindful of what's out there. And be deliberate in your decisions. Yeah, that's right. You can't just can't just see it, buy it, and then somehow have a 47 millimeter watch that you thought was perfect in every other way. Because yeah. that's just wasted money. You're never going to get that back. Yeah, there's a Titanium Citizen that I almost bought a handful of times over the years. and uh, I know that watch, yeah. It's just huge. It's just huge. It's got like this sort of um, Breitling-ish uh, thing going on, and it's titanium. But it, I think it's like 45, and I, it's that watch that I'm just, every time 
I see it, I'm like, I should buy that. But I know I wouldn't like that watch. Well, and that's, I think, part of Citizen's uh, allure is they do pretty traditionally sized pilot's watches. They're all in that size. They don't they don't reduce them down to fit that modern style. They're going to, they're very much like IWC in that manner. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're unapologetic about their large pilot's watches and as well they should be. That's what that, that's what that style of watch demands. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's a, uh, and it's a mall watch, right? It's a, it's a watch for the mm-hmm. masses. Yeah. Uh, citizens, a watch for the masses, not all citizens, but they're sort of bread and butter. That's how they make their money. That's if right. watch companies sold their watches to watch people, they wouldn't make any money. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Because we'd all complain. If it was 200 bucks, I'd buy it. Yeah. The- <laughs> it's a little expensive for a Miyota. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. So um, I guess we just start with, uh, I, I guess we just start with the the criteria. Yeah. The criteria. What is, when we talk about a poor man Speedmaster, besides sort of having some sort of visual identity that we can personally cross-reference to the Speedmaster. What are we looking for here? So here was what I was looking for. I'm looking for a black dial, a black mm-hmm. external tachometer scale. Okay. I'm looking for generally a 369 subdial. Mm-hmm. And I want it to stay pretty close to the dimensions of the Speedmaster. Now, I know the Speedmaster dimensions are almost impossible to replicate because nobody for any reason, puts a 40 millimeter bezel on a 42 millimeter case or a 44 millimeter case. Just nobody does that because why? Yeah. Why would you do that? But the Speedmaster does it and they do that. So that's kind of where I was looking. I was looking for that, for that generally similar dimensions, similar aesthetic and affordable, right? Okay. Like, like what, not a pure homage because there's plenty of alpha straight homages out there of the Speedmaster that are 129 bucks and they use the Seagull, Wow, 1902 or something like that. Yeah, they, the Siegel 1901. Yeah, or yeah. 1901. Yeah, so yeah. They, they use that. There's there's plenty of those out there. And if that's what you want, that's the true poor man's speedy. But I think you can do better than a ripoff. And none of these are ripoffs. They're all clearly, at least the ones that I chose. And I've already seen the ones no. you chose. They're the same. Well, not the same, but they're not ripoffs. They're clearly inspired by or have similar design cues. But they're not straight rips of the speedy. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. I don't think, I'm a little surprised that there are not more straight homages to the Speedmaster. Because uh, there's very few, you, you know. I, yeah. I think you you had mentioned the Alpha. Is there an Alpha Omega? Yeah. It, there is. Oh, okay. yeah, so it's a pure rip. It is, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but generally speaking, you know, how many mil-sub homages that are, are there that are, that are respected watches that are virtually uh, indistinguishable. You don't see that with the Speedmaster. I think that speaks to the branding of Rolex versus Omega. I think I think Rolex is a. Uh, I'm hesitant to say it because it. I, I I don't mean this to be degrading towards Omega, but I think Rolex is a more universally identified luxury brand. And, and it has nothing to do with the luxury nature of Omega, but I think you can take any asshole on the street and he's not going to say, oh, is that a Speedmaster? He's going to say, oh, is that a Rolex? Yeah, no, that's without question. Yeah. That is that is without question true. The R- Rolex brand recognition is probably 10 times that of Omega. And I think that's where it comes from. Those That's why those armages are, are out there because Rolex is so much more front of mind yeah. to, I think, the general consumer. And homages, I don't... 
I think are not necessarily made for watch people. They're made for the general consumer. And then watch people tend to like many of them because many of them are very well done. But they're still taking from that universally recognized luxury item. Do you ever have that moment when we're recording and you say something and you think, you know what, people are going to disagree with me on that point and I need to correct what I meant? That was exactly what I why I said I hesitate to say this, but I'm, I'm doubling down on it. I, you, you know, I, I said 10 times, the brand recognition of Rolex is 10 times. I think this has been quantified. Uh, I, I don't know if oh, it's 10 yeah. times. It I, is. I think you're right. I intended that term to be hyperbolic but also representative of the idea. So if if it's something different than 10 times, feel free to shoot it to us and we'll and we'll shut you out. But Rolex uh, has more I didn't mean 10 times as in exactly times 10.0. I think it does. I think I think <laughs> Rolex has more Google searches than like the next 3 brands combined. Yeah, so it may be more than 10 times. Yeah. But I, I guess I guess I just wanted to correct when I said 10 times, I wasn't referencing a statistic. I was just saying a lot more. We get it. I should have said a lot more. Ten times more. I'm actually. I'm going to go with twelve times more. I'm feeling a little sensitive. Eleven point six. Okay. I'm feeling a little sensitive. Obviously. Don't. All right. This is our podcast. This is our podcast. It's ten times. Yeah. So yeah, but it is more. It is certainly more. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's a. I think your criteria is a good one. Uh, some of your specifics. I, I. I think that I was a little bit more flexible than you were with in terms of the specifics. So you'll see. Um, you'll see that uh, one of my options doesn't have a, uh, w- one of my options doesn't have a, um, oh, what do you call that? Tech meter an, ex- an external bezel. Um, I think I pulled it up. Yeah. Uh, so one of them doesn't have an external bezel. Um, w- one of these doesn't have three, six, nine. Uh, in fact, a couple of them don't have three, six, nine. So, uh, it, it, it's sort of, it, it, it's sort of. It, nice to have certain goals, but I think I more want with just a general aesthetic. Well, and I can I can dig that. I I think I have one that wasn't a three six nine. I don't know if it made it or not, but um, it came down to meeting that kind of that general idea. Like I have that internal tachometer yeah. scale on one that still has that that kind of feel that it, you're not going to wear a Speedmaster, but this is going to damn well fit the bill. And I guess we should know one watchword. Man down. Hey, hey. One watch we are not going to talk about is the Dan Henry 1972, although we've pulled it out. Um, and, and there's a couple reasons for that that I didn't bring it up in one of my choices. Uh, one, one is that it's it's an homage to the Porsche Orfina, mm-hmm. uh, which has been sort of replicated by other companies. You know, Zinn uh, ha- has a very similar watch. So uh, I think this is a, a different enough thing that I took it off, but but even even saying that, there's other watches that we did bring up that are that that fall into that same that same uh, category. So it fits the bill. We're not looking for we're, we're here buying the poor man speedy. That's right. Which doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a speedy. Right. So so for, first and foremost, should we just talk about the forty millimeter by twenty millimeter elephant in the room, which is which is the SSB 031? I think we kind of have to. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the hands down winner. This is the winner of, of the poor man's speedy. We could turn, we could, we could press record, end the recording right now and call it. Yeah, because this is the winner. This is. I mean, I don't, I don't think there is any watch out there that I have ever seen that comes closer in the way of aesthetic, in the way of feel, um, or in the way of poor man to 
it, it's obviously a different watch. It's clearly designed after with the with the Speedmaster in mind, but it's got a very different case shape. I mean, it's it's different enough that there's it, it doesn't feel like a ripoff. No, but it it could pass for one. The lugs are different. Yeah. Uh, the the dials very different. The pushers are different. The case shape is different. The bezel is different. Uh, the crystal is different. It is different in every measurable dimension. But still feels like the poor man's speedy. But it feels like the poor man's speedy. I think that's right. Yeah. I, and I love this watch. I love this watch. It yeah. This in I, fact, this watch was the inspiration for today's show. It was. I was looking at it today and said, you know what? Because I was wearing it today. And I said, we should do Poor Man Speedy. Because this is something that I think I think the Speedmaster is a grail for a lot of people. Yeah. And it can remain your grail. But you have options. You don't have to look at your wrist, at your at your bare boned wrist and say, man, someday there'll be a Speedmaster on here. When for 140 bucks in two days, you could have an SSB031 on your wrist. And this is this is coming into it's got a 42 millimeter case. It's 11 11 millimeters thick, 18 millimeter lug width, and it's rocking a mecha quartz. Mecha quartz, coolest, coolest. You, you know, that's I think that's why one of the reasons I like affordable chronographs so much is mecha quartz is dope because quartz chronographs are they suffer none of the pedestrian feel that you get with a standard quartz watch, right? You mm-hmm. don't get the tick, tick, tick. Um, and, and Mecha Quartz, Mecha Quartz is this super affordable sweeping option that you have. And look at how smooth the sweep is. It, no, it, on it's, that, it's, it's on beautiful. That second. It's beautiful. Is it, do you know, is it, what? what's the beat rate on it? Oh, I don't remember right off the top of my head. I think it's a 21 I think hertz. that's right. Um, I, I think it's a 21, uh, but it may be 28. Uh, but yeah, it's just got this beautiful sweep. It, it snaps too when you press that stop and it snaps back to the top. And you have that good tactile feedback when you actuate mm-hmm. the pushers. Mm-hmm. Mecha quartz. I, I just love it. I, I'm really intrigued by it. Uh, and I think for, for affordable watch aficionados, it's got to be something that you're tracking. My favorite part about it is that micro brands are embracing the Mecca Quartz right now. I, I love it. Because you can do, you, you get so much without paying the mechanical price. That's right. And, and without some of the flaws of mechanical watches too, mm-hmm. especially mechanical chronographs, you know, I have one mechanical, well, uh, two now, but but prior to the Speedmaster, I had that ST, I had that Ed 1963, and I've had problems with it. Mm-hmm. I've had problems with it. People have problems with mechanical chronographs. They're inherently problematic uh, because there's a lot going on, and there's a lot of movement, and there's jarring, and they're prone to problems. They're prone to problems. And I don't care if it's a, a, a Lamania-based or a Valju or whatever, they're prone to they're prone to issues, you know, which is why some of these famous quartz movement, these bulletproof or excuse me, mechanical chronographs have have had the staying power they have because it's really hard to get that right. Uh, and, and innovations have been few and far between. And uh, there's something beautiful about a mecha quartz. And once quartz came to came to town, there, there wasn't a need to improve the mechanical chronograph movement. So quartz is more better. Start and stop. 
if you if you're so inclined at the SSB031. The size is perfect. You you know, I was comparing size on these. Uh, and it's interesting. I suspect, although it's probably a little smaller, I suspect the SSB feels a touch bigger. It's taller, but mm-hmm. the nice part about the SSB is that lug to lug isn't as long, so it it feels taller only. Yeah. Uh, even though it's it's about the same height, it's just a couple millimeters shorter. Yeah. It, it, and and it's not it's not quite as graceful, obviously. Oh it's, no, it's not as refined by by a long shot, but. You get so much of what you're looking for in a Speedmaster out of that watch, I, and that bezel. That bezel is captivating. It's that ion coated, and, and there are other there are other versions of this. We always talk about the 031 because it's sort of black on black, and um, and, and we like that. Uh, I like that. But there are other options of this. There are other versions of this that do very similar things. And, and the SSBs, if you're looking at Mecha Quartz, Seiko's, the SSB line, it's all, I think, are all very conservatively sized, under 42. Uh, yeah, I dig it. I dig it, man. What do we got next? What do we got next? Next we have, maybe this is the actual elephant in the room. because It it's could be. Big like an elephant. It's too big. It's even <laughs> bigger than the Speedmaster. And, I, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. I... The the standard speedmaster is just is too long lug for lug to lug for me. Yeah, I I don't I don't like it. And, and you know that's interesting because it 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 isn't for me, and it's objectively that way for you. It, it's not it's not subjectively too big for you. It's objectively a little bit too big for your wrist. I think it's my wrist shape. I our, think I have rounder wrists, and you've got wrists, like flabby like flab like sla- uh, flab fl- slab wrist. Our wrists have the same circumference. Yeah. But yours is a little rounder than mine. I've got a little bit more of a tabletop mm-hmm. and you've got a little bit more of a tube. Yeah. And spaghetti it, arms. It winds up just wearing a little big on you. It bums me out. Um and and this watch, this bull of a lunar pilot, which many of you guys will have uh known if not owned, um is worse. It's so much worse. It's worse. And, and it's a big case, too. So the Lunar Pilot, it's the 96A225. It's 45 millimeters wide, 13 and a half thick, 22 lug width. And it it's it like, wears every bit of it. And it's like 75 lug to lug. Yeah, it is. I, I forgot to write down the lug to lug on these because that's an important no, dimension. It's, it's but, 75. No, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I remember putting this on and I was, I was prepared to buy one of these. Yeah. And I put it on and I just felt heartbroken uh-huh because it sucked you, you know it's one of those things that you read if you're reading about this watch you'll read it people say oh it's too big for me and uh it's it's gonna be too big for you but not for me because i'm perfect in every way that's right you feel inclined to disregard that but this watch is too fucking big it's, it's just too big yep it's too long it's too wide and, and i think i appreciate what uh Bulova did, did with this uh they, they made this really true to their source material which was kind of a one-off right mm-hmm. they made this really true to their source material um and, and that's commendable uh, but this is one of those cases where i wish they would have strayed from that because if they brought it down to 40 millimeters or 42 like, 40, right? yeah 40 42 Shunk down that lug to lug a little bit. I would own probably two of the black on black. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, it's because it's a really sexy watch. Uh, it's a really sexy watch, and I think it's easy to be inclined to say this is a um 
a, a sort of homage to the Speedmaster, but in in many respects, it's, it's not a contemporary. It's it's a contemporary, and it's totally its own thing. And you know, I, I'm not going to get involved in who was first or whatever because I don't think that's important for our conversation. But it's got it's got credibility, right? Going mm-hmm. back to an actual lunar mission, um, Scott. What's Scott's first name? Uh, but but you know yeah it, I can't remember it, yeah so I'm gonna move on Lieutenant but, Colonel Scott that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> but it this has got you know uh, uh, bona fides as it were uh, <laughs> and and that's and that's really cool but but at the end of the day it, it's not a practical watch for wearing not not for fellows our size if you've got a little bit a little bit flat wrist a little bit bigger wrists I know we've got some. Some listeners who say if it's under forty five, it make it looks like a lady's watch. Yeah, dude, oversteer someone yeah. like that who who likes a bigger watch. These watches on on Amazon right now are three hundred and thirty bucks. Totally affordable. Three hundred bucks on Joma Shop, and they look great. The you don't see pushers like that really anywhere else. Yeah, that's. I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite element of the watches. The is the pushers. I wish they would do a reduced. Yeah, you know, I think. So I'm reading here, 52 millimeters is the lug to lug. Fuck uh, me. Which is a little bit less than 75, but not much. Only a little. Uh, you, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, they come out with this watch in 42 and and maybe 50 or 49 Ugh. or even 50. Uh, it, it's going to make it a lot more manageable because it is kind of a long case. Uh, you, you, you know, do a reduced version, right? Because it's, it's a little thick. Uh, it's a little thick. It's a little. It's thirteen height. It's the same the same thickness as the Speedmaster. So so it's it's all there, right? Uh, give me you you know, give me just a touch smaller. It's got that two hundred and sixty two quor- uh, hertz movement. Mm-hmm. This thing would be super cool if it wasn't so stinking big. It's just it's such a bummer. I've never been that heartbroken about a watch. Yeah, <laughs> in terms of putting it on. Yeah. Yeah. You were there to observe it. Yeah, yeah. Like just watch the cr- the crushing blow dealt to me. Because we're in Mexico, so everything's like buy one, get six free. And I was like, right, pay RP, but you get nine watches. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You, you know, we I think we were trying to do the math on it, right? At one point we were like seriously considering buying a six watches because it felt like, well, if we buy all six of these, we can actually save money. And it came out to Amazon prices, we would have saved like 30 bucks. Right. <laughs> it was like a very slim discount. Because you pay RP side. on these things, and holy shit. Yeah. The RP on the on the Lunar Lander is 540. 540 bucks. Yeah, 540. You get it for 300 money on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the crazy thing is there's people paying RP on this. In Mexico to buy a second one for free. Right, because you're in Mexico and the wallet's open. Oh, man, it's open. Right. It, our wallets were open. We didn't buy anything, fortunately. But it was like, well, I could buy a watch. I could buy two I'm watches in Mexico. for the price of one. <laughs> I think our wives were there. Can you imagine if we'd been there? Just that. Whew. Oh man, <laughs> I'd have gone sideways. Debauchery. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I've got a watch. Yeah, this is a watch you can't buy anymore. Uh, well, you can. You you can buy this. You can buy this on eBay. And furthermore, so this is a watch by the Casio company. There there are watches that are similar to this that you can buy in like I think Walmart today. Yeah, there's a handful in the edifice line. Uh, edifice. So, this is yeah. the Casio Edifice. I think it's Edifice. You think so? Yeah. It's Bruschetta. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the Casio Edifice, the EF503. This watch has been discontinued for a number of years. Uh, it comes in a number of colors. It comes in a nice, like, sort of champagne white dial. It comes in a blue on blue. This is the black on black, the 
503D-1AV. Uh, $120 new. You can pick these up in about the same range in uh, in like new condition on eBay pretty regularly uh, between 105 and 140 uh, And it's a killer deal. So this is a Casio Quartz movement. Uh, it's an edifice. This is, I think, for what we're doing today, the closest to a straight homage, Al- although there are a number of differences with this one. The 6912, namely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and and the red, the red uh, second hands. Mm-hmm. The, it's got both a red big seconds and a red small seconds hand. Um, but it's got similar stick markers. It's, uh, it's got the reduced bezel. Yeah. I, I mean, this thing, it, it's got twisted lugs, which I think is probably the thing that lends it the most homage feel. And without a crown guard? even has kind of the same silhouette it, it, yeah minus the crown yeah. guard that's right that's right so it's a it's a symmetrical case uh so that's a little different but this thing feels like a a very uh loving homage mm-hmm. it feels like a loving homage they've done their own thing but lovingly called on uh, and and certainly been derivative in many senses to the speedmaster now uh, it's a 40 millimeter watch or 41 and a half, I think, all things said and done. 41 and a half millimeter. I do believe it has 22 millimeter lugs, which I don't love. I'd like this watch better with 20 millimeter lugs, but. That's the case with all watches. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Uh, 22 millimeter lugs have sort of, you, you know, it, it's a specific application. Dive watches, I'm good with it. Um, but even more and more, I really like to see those 20 millimeter lugs. And, and I don't know. That's a personal taste, but it seems like there's maybe a trend that direction. Too. I think it's because I'm also accumulating a lot of 20 millimeter uh, shoes for my watches. So I have more in that variety than I do in 22. And I like the diversity. Y- yeah, no, uh, I- I'm in that same boat, right? Where I've got more 20 millimeter straps, but I've got quite a few 22s as well. So it's not, <clears throat> it's not a straight versatility thing for me but i just like the way a 20 millimeter strap wears yeah i just like the i like the way it wears so that's obviously subjective to the max all of that barton bands the silicone elite in 22 pretty money it it is yeah no that's a great strap and it looks fantastic on your mako Mm -hmm. so is that orange nato oh yeah did is that the i forget who it is the zulu that's the um, Clockwork Synergy. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great, that's a great strap. That's a great strap. It's got that chunky mm-hmm. feel to it in the oval, oval keeper. So Casio EF five hundred three. This is very classic, round shape. Um, uh, I, it, it's worth a look if you're on the hunt still for uh, poor man Speedy, and for whatever reason the SSB doesn't work for you. I think this is probably the second place you go because. I, I think 99% of people are going to look at the Lunar Pilot and say, eh. No, you're going to look at it and love it. But yeah, then you're going to see right. it in person. Mm-hmm. You're going to Fred Meyer, and you're going to try it on, and you're going to go, oh. Mm-hmm. So I the think, curve, I, you I are going to dig that. That if the SSB is is one you don't like, then then check out this 503, because like I said, you can still get these on eBay almost all the time. Um, I, I think this is a great second choice. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like this too. Yeah, so this is uh this is another citizen. Um this is the AN 
0880057E. This is also a discontinued model. Um, this thing is sort of right smack dab in between the EF503 and the SSB031 for me. Um, much harder to find these. So these are in the Oxy series from Citizen. It's a 10 bar, um, it, it's a 10 bar watch, water resistance watch, which I really like that they give you that extra water resistance. Uh, in my mind, in my mind, this splits the difference between the 503 and that SSB031. It's got a case that's <clears throat> a little less derivative. It's got a really similar case to the SSB. Very, very, similar. very slabby. Uh, that that bezel on it, I imagine, would patina so well. Yeah, and just that gentle domed crystal, I'm really digging because that's I've I've thought about a domed crystal for the SSB because I feel like it would just it'd be the the last little bit mm -hmm. to to get that full pop because I love the dome and the Speedmaster. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, continue. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, it's this is a very cool watch. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's got a 0510 Citizen movement, uh, quartz, obviously. Uh, no red. If you're looking for an option that doesn't have any color, you know, you know, one of the things that some people don't like about the SSB, and certainly that 503 is the, is the pop of red, um, which I think cheapens the package for some people. The Citizen doesn't have that. Uh, the Citizen doesn't have this. In fact, this thing is very subdued. It, it's got a crown that's very similar to... Um, it's got a crown that's very similar to the Speedmasters. It's got pushers that feel very similar to the Speedmasters. Uh, it, it, it's got an oyster sort of polished middle link oyster thing going on that I don't love. Um, but it, it, it gives it a little bit of, of class. Yeah. And the dimensions on it. Yeah, the dimensions, 30, mm. 39 millimeters. This is this thing's great, 39 and 20. Uh, this thing's great. It's probably going to be similar size to a reduced. That's my guess, so what, a little bit smaller. What are you going to have money for that? You know, I did not actually find one of these on the eBay. Uh, I, I suspect you can pick these up in the 200 to $300 range in pretty good shape, though. It probably it has about that look to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's got a movement that's going to last forever. Find one in good shape that's not, you know, ate up and, and just wear the shit out of it. Be so happy. Send us pictures too. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one more watch, and this doesn't fit the bill that I picked for today before we move on to a couple more options for from you. Um, and, and this is a watch that I sort of looked at for a long time. Uh, it, it doesn't feel like a Speedmaster nope. to me. Uh, it doesn't feel like a Speedmaster. However, I think it does some really similar things. There's a, a line of Seikos called the SNDA line, and they've got like a 27, a 57, a 67. Um, you, you know, most of these are blasted cases. These have a very, very Sin uh, or Zin 356 look to me. Uh, Zen 356, whatever the Zen field pilot. Yeah, I'm trying to grab it. Is. I can't, I can't pull it down out of the um, and they actually don't look all that much like the Zen, uh, but they feel very similar. So, blasted case, kind of a field case. Um, and it's and like a field chrono, yeah, that's right. It's like a field chrono. Uh, and I think for me, at some point, I looked at this and it felt like this would fit in the same general spot in my collection. 
um, if you're inclined to the look of a Zen versus the look of a Speedmaster, I think this is a great option. You cannot find these things new anymore. It doesn't have a tack meter, though. It, it doesn't have a tack meter. That's right. So it is not a racing chronograph. It's much more of a pilot chronograph mm-hmm. style. So I think that uh, fairly a lot of people think the chronograph or the tack meter is a stupid complication. And and, and I don't know that I disagree. Um, it helps you drive on the freeway. It, it when you're driving those long stretches of nothing to do. Have you have you ever tried to use a tachometer on the freeway? I use it all the time between oh, mile markers. Oh, all the time. When I because I, I drive 120 miles a day. Uh yeah, no, I use it all the time. Yeah. So is your speed is your speedometer accurate? Yeah. Yeah. My my uh my Lexus is like 10 miles per hour slow. <laughs> no, it's not. Is it really? It is. Yeah. When it tells me I'm going 55, I'm going 65. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That'll get you out of a ticket. It, I don't know that it will. It won't. No. It no. Won't. I, don't, I mean, it certainly will get me out of the ticket. It may get me out of uh, the conviction, but it's not going to get me out of the ticket. Oh, no. You're, you're getting it. And then... Um, and yeah. then I can go and say judge i got this correction here's a note from the mechanic but that's a lot of work i should just get it fixed it, it, i know it i know what's the thing as long as you know it did you learn it at a at a check your speed radar alongside the road no uh no i just felt at some point i was like why does it feel like everybody has gotten really slow oh <laughs> <laughs> why is everybody driving so slow and i realized one day i was going like uh, i was going like 35 Quote, what you believe to be 35 35 uh and i was like this is i feel like i'm flying uh and these cars are going slow and they're all going slow and i and i did the speedometer thing i did the speedometer thing on the freeway and i was like oh yeah how about that <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm cooking 15 percent fast on my speedometer so yeah. yeah it's something i need to get fixed but yeah. i did figure that out with my tech meter bezel yeah so it has purpose all right all right. So, SNDA, but generally speaking, yeah, no, it's stupid. Yeah, by it, and large, not stupid, not valuable. SNDA fifty-seven, I think sixty-five, twenty-seven. There's there's a few different versions, but SNDA, a sin style chronograph, it is in style chronograph. People get people get freak out about that. So, next, uh, sir. Go. Next up, we got another one, and this is a uh, an interesting subdial layout. It's Three, six, and nine, sort of. It's more like two, six, and ten. Big subdials. It is the TSO Tits Out V8 T106.417.11.051.0510. Can we, me. Can we complain again <laughs> about the TSO <laughs> reference numbers? God, They're worse than Casio. <laughs> They're yeah. absurd. Yeah, it's. Absolutely. Like they're trying to be Rolex. We have the ninety six point fifty one. Come on, there's just no way they've had that many iterations that they. Well, need no, they have eighteen I mean, characters. Tissot has probably released more watches than any other company besides maybe Citizen. But do you need eighteen characters in your references? I don't think so. This it's is a insane. point zero zero. They're pl- what are they planning on like a point five? Fuck it. Anyway, so we've talked about this watch before. I we think. have talked about the V eight before, and the price on this V eight is. Is again sub three hundred. Yeah, 
it is, you know, it's on the spendier side of the affordable, but in, in the way of a poor man's speedy, this is it really similar feel. It, it feels to me a little bit closer to the SSB, but like we talked about, it's got the subdued colors. It's just mm-hmm. that black and cream. It's got a crown guard, which I could do without in this, Stain, in this style. Stainless markers, which I, which is different. And I, and I dig it. And I love the hands, those hollowed out kind of swords mm-hmm. that are on there. Uh, and again, just a really, if you need more refined than the SSB and you're looking to, again, stay in a in a pretty similar price range to the sub 300, mm-hmm. this is where you're going to get that refinement. You don't get that ionized bezel, which is a bit of a bummer, but you're getting still a cool ta- external tachometer scale. And it, it is, it's refined. This is, this isn't a dress watch by any means, but it's dressable. And, and it's, it's Swiss. Yeah. And, and then Swiss. people dig that. It's, it's got Swiss right on it. And I, th- and, and, and I think this is the one that they sell in various team colors too, right? You can get a Blazers version of this. Uh, and like they do the, I think there's no, an, it's the step down from this oh, that, that they do the team colors in. Okay. Cause I, those are like 150. Uh, they are they're a little bit less money, but I think that they are still this same uh, the same V eight. No, it's it's a V eight, but it's a it's a step down V eight. Okay, well there you go. Uh, anyway, I I agree with you. Very cool watch. Um, it, it the size is good. Yeah, it's um uh, what do we got? Forty two in height, forty two by twenty two lug width. Or yeah, twenty two. Eleven and a quarter thick, nice and thin. Uh, it's got an Etta G10 212 in it, and it, it, yeah, this this fits the bill. This if if you can't go SSB for me, we we're gonna go the SSB, the Lunar Pilot, and this in in my order of ranking for the best replacement for a Speedmaster. Yeah, you're gonna leave the F503 off your list. <clears throat> I am. All right. I am. Yeah, I, I like the Butterfly Clasp on this. You know, you know, Butterfly Clasp always feels like something that uh, I, I've never owned one. I've never owned a butterfly class, but so it always feels like something kind of special when I see a watch that I'm considering that has it. I've tried a couple on. I really like them. All right. Nexties. What do you, what do you oh, got next? Nexty. Uh, Seiko Recraft, the SSC 669. And this is kind of a step away from the the general aesthetic of the Speedmaster. It's got the internal tachometer scale. But again, that black on black. And I think the... And everything about it's different. It's it's the same way we were talking about that uh, that Seiko that you pulled up. Everything about it's different, but it still can fill that void. And this is just a good, sexy racing chronograph that if you if you can't put a Speedmaster on your wrist, this will fit. And it's coming in at sub two hundred bucks, hundred eighty ish money. Comes on a uh, on a nylon pass through with an orange stripe down the center, which is just makes it gives it a little bit of extra sexy. This feels a little bit more uh, Hoyer to me yeah. than, than Omega. Which it feels it, it's probably closer to the Dan Henry. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's gonna fill that fill that void. And again, those hands, man, I love those hands. Yeah, they're like a skeletonized, mm-hmm. uh, a skeletonized head. Uh, you know, I, I really like the solar, the solar, oh, yeah. the implementation of the solar panels into the subdials, it's, which seems like a very obvious thing, but it works really well here. Yeah, and it it's. It's Seiko. They do all this shit really well. Yeah, good watch. Good watch. What's the size on this? Uh, 43 and a half. It's a little big, but it's forgivable up oh, to yeah. 43 and a half. Yeah, yeah. About 44 is when it starts to get too big. Now, this says it's got a 21 millimeter strap. Do you think that's accurate? Uh, 
I tend to think not. That's that would be very unseiko. It would be. Uh, I I tend to think it's probably a twenty. It, it happens though, right? They they do that from time to time. So, uh, it, I, I I like this. They have a bad run of cases. I'm like fuck. I know we'll do. Comes in sort of a PVD gunmetal finish. So mm-hmm. I like that. Also, these pictures on Amazon are. <laughs> it's like they didn't fucking clean the lodge. No. Uh, all right. Why would they? It's Amazon. They don't care. So final watch. This is cool. This is cool. Yep. This uh, is a citizen watch. Mm-hmm. It, it reminds me a lot of your Avion. It does. It reminds me a lot of your Avion. And which makes sense because it's a citizen and they all kind of have that same DNA within them. But again, this is wholly unlike the Speedmaster. We have a 1269 subdial set. We got to tell people what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the. Um, <laughs> CA0649-14E. So this is uh, just a standard sort of tachymeter bezel looking. It's very generic feeling to mm-hmm. me. Very, very generic feeling to me. Yeah. Which is, and at 150 money, it gets to be. Mm-hmm. This is still a good looking chronograph. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily going to perfectly fill that Speedmaster void, but it's another option. If you're not looking for a that same Speedmaster feel, but you're looking for a classically styled, attractive, but still a splash of red in that twelve o'clock subdial, and in your nine o'clock with your uh, with with your markers, mm-hmm. I I think this is a really good option. And on the website, it says it's twenty six millimeter uh, lug width. I don't think that's right. Though. We found a couple of reviews that do do say it's a twenty two twenty two millimeter lug width, which which makes a lot more sense because this is a forty four millimeter case, a little bit on the big side. Like we just said, about forty three and half is is pushing it for me. But everything about it just says sweet racing chronograph. Comes yeah. on a black rally strap, and Citizen straps. My experience with them has been very positive. Yeah, they tend to be pretty good. Their entry level straps yeah. are, are are fine. Are fine. I, I like the I like the big pushers on this. I like that big fucking crown. It's got a big crown mm-hmm. like that Avion. Um, it, the the polish on this thing is is in the right places. Uh, the font is interesting. Uh, I think is a fair word for it. I really like the lugs on it. Some just just nice basic long lugs on it. Long and and sort of geometric. Um, I like it, man. I, I like their use of red, the asymmetric use of red. Uh, there's a, a red ring around the second, uh, around the second subdial, and then red dashes above the the hours subdial. I think this is great. I like the implementation of of all the sort of odds and ends and bits and bobs. And always room for the eco drive. Yeah, <laughs> always room for the eco drive, uh, which is a little whatever. But I do like that it's eco drive. Those last two picks you have that Seiko Recraft, um, the the SIC six six nine, and this Citizen uh, Bryson is their nickname for it. Both solar movements, which I'm all about that. I'm all I about that, especially if you're the kind of guy that's going to wear one or two or three watches. Um, I love that. Even if you're not, you just set it on top of your dresser and it's going to get enough light to hold a charge. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, I think that's all of them. You know, a, a shout to the Dan Henry 72. We're, we're not going to talk about this in the show, but I think that it's also a great, a great sort of daily driver. Do they, does, does he have a black version of that? 
He does. Yeah, yeah. it's the red hand. That's the the probably more uh, faithful homage mm-hmm. to the Porsche Orphanosaurus material. Uh, it's got a red second hand uh, versus the blue on the on the stainless colored one. But yeah, that's that's the the more Top Gun. Yeah, faithful option. Another good one to fill the void. Yeah, very cool. Do we got a? Do we got anything else we need to say about these watches today? That's all for the poor man, Spady. Other stuff. My man, Andrew, go. Other things? Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have been <laughs> uh, back perusing the Instagram uh, and perusing some knife makers on Instagram. Oh. And there is a fella. Oh. Called Black Rock Knives. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about him maybe on the show before, but even if we so. even if we have talked about him, I want to talk about him again. So this guy does all his own smithing of these knives, and these knives are um, to call them works of art. I think would be a bit of an understatement, and they're not works of art in the way that you would imagine. He, he's done a few Damascus, but he does these just really unique. And I forget the style that these knives are called, but they look almost like they're chipped obsidian in the in the way he finishes them. And they are just beautiful. So if uh, you've saved some money by buying a poor man's Speedy, you can shell out many hundred dollars for one of these guys' blades. And, and it's at black underscore R-O-C underscore knives on Instagram. I think he sells them all through social media. I don't know that he has, uh, it seems like all the knives that he puts on social media are already spoken for. He does a lot of custom orders. He does a lot of, hey, I've got one of these left. Who Mm -hmm. wants to buy one? Uh, And they are all so cool. He does them in all kinds of different styles, colorways. Um, And I imagine even if you reached out to him and said, hey, this is what I'm looking for, he would probably get you on his list. But he does some really cool shit. And I've spent a lot of time on his page this last week, just drooling over these knives that I will probably never be able to afford. So mostly like uh, Kydex or, or or composite handles, but yeah, the mm-hmm. way they're ground, they're ground with a texture, you, you know, a really fine radius grinder at, at sort of random intervals to give you texture. Uh, uh, he doesn't do any folders, does he? Um, I haven't seen any folders, but I think he... Hang on, I'm scrolling. You know, you talk about your other thing, and I'll see if I can find a folder. Yeah, you know, for me, that's always a, a pass is a fixed blade knife. I've got no need in my life for a fixed blade knife. Uh, I don't really hunt the way you do. Uh, if I did buy a fixed blade, it would be a fillet knife for harvesting trout. Um, but even then, do I really need? Do I really need that in my life? He does. Uh, he does some cleavers. But they're but they're not folding cleavers, are they? No, but you could use a cleaver in your kitchen. <laughs> I want a folding. You're, you're, you're keto. I, I want a, a I want a friction folding cleaver. Gerber does a really cool one. A friction folding cleaver? Yeah, really. Cleavers are kind of in these days. Yeah, the cleavers are. In uh, these I have days. some friends who really like them for cleaning waterfowl. Cleavers. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like. The hot knife that I was like, that's stupid that it was hot. Uh, but in the last couple of years was the uh, like competition chopper. Everybody wants a competition chopper. And I'm like, that's a totally 
fucking impractical knife except for competition chopping. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, you need a point on your you need a point on your knife to do most of the things that you want for a versatile knife. Uh, uh unless you're looking for a knife to like use for chopping wood yeah but i think that point can be like on a cleaver edge you don't need a it doesn't need a drop point it can be a square point as long as there's a sharp corner <laughs> i'm not gonna be convinced how often do you use the point of your drop point chef's knife uh, i don't know it, like never i i don't think i ever get past like really past the second third of my chef's knives yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, I think that... And think about... the. Do you have a Santoku? I do. I mean, how often do you use the tip of that? I don't know. Never. <laughs> I don't use All it your work often. is by the heel. I use my chef knife. I, I have two chef knives. I have a 10 and an 8, and I use those for everything. Yeah, and everything's by the heel. Perhaps. I want one. <laughs> All right. So my other thing, I actually mentioned it earlier, but uh, Succession is um, an HBO show, and it is just absolutely wonderful. So this is a show about the worst people on the face of the earth. It's about a show of rich media spoiled brats and their rich media owning spoiled dad. So it's about our kids. It, it, it's about that's us nowadays. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's about what our kids will turn into in twenty five years. Um, you, you know, it, it's so outlandish, and yet you know that it's reality for the you know point one percenters or whatever. Um, you, you, you know, the dynamics of the of their family and this. You, you know, if the the title is. The title's instructive on what the show is about. It's all about the succession plan for this company, ATN, which is a media company that shares a lot of features of Fox News, I think, and probably some other media companies. You know, it's not a, it's certainly not a, an homage to Fox News, but I, I think there are some elements of that. Um, but this family is just rich and out of touch, and you, you know, sometimes they're out of touch is uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know, where you can tell the characters are self-aware of their out-of-touch and other times not. Uh, there's this scene where, in, in the last season, there's this scene where this fellow goes to a Four Seasons somewhere in the Middle East uh, for a business deal, and there, there winds up being a mini-coup, and he gets sort of held hostage, and he comes back and says, you know, I, I've had worse hotel experiences than that, one time I stayed at a Marriott, uh, you, you know, and, and you can tell it's tongue in cheek, right? Uh, he's self-aware of how ridiculous it is, but there's other things like that that are, that are less, they're less aware of their out of touch uh, personalities. Anyway, the show is really good. It's this classic uh, familial power struggle, uh, but with, with kind of new and contemporary ideas and, uh, it's just been a lot of fun. The writing is really, really good. You you don't want to like any of the characters, and you wind up liking some of them and, and not liking. There's no perfect characters. All the characters are deeply flawed. Um, maybe not deeply flawed, but all the characters are flawed. 
And um, it, it's got that sort of David Simon type feel to it, uh, where you've got these imperfect characters that are just sort of moving through life in this exciting way because of the life, because the the, the elements of the life. Very fun, uh, very good show. I've been super happy with it. We just finished up the season finale for season three, I think. Um, that sounds right. I haven't watched any of it yet. Anyway, very good te- television. Very, very, very good television. So. Did you watch the newsroom on HBO? Holy shit, man. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Yes. Y'all need to check that show out too. <laughs> the newsroom is so good. You, you know, uh, the newsroom got caught up in, in, in its bullshit from time to time, uh, but very, very good. Uh, that's it, a challenge of of writing a show based on reality that's not a reality show. Yeah, I, I think that the newsroom uh, suffered from some hubris. Uh, newsroom? The newsroom? I can't remember. It, Whatever it, it is. It suffered from some hubris. It was a little in love with itself uh, from time to time, and, and that was off-putting to me. Yeah, but, I, mean, I mean, it was trying to make political commentary from not a satirical point of view. It was it was trying to be like a serious version of South Park. Yeah, that's right. I think that's fair. That's and, fair. And that's hard to do. It, it it is hard to do. It is hard to do, and I think it's hard to do. South Park. There's always that element of um, self deprecation in what they do, which, which you can't do that in a serious way. So yeah, mm. I think you nailed it. That's a that's a difficulty. But uh, newsroom, oftentimes I felt like okay, you guys are pouring on a little thick here. But yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Season one was phenomenal. Yeah, I loved it. And in true to form fashion, season two of most HBO shows. Doesn't live up to season one. Have you watched The Deuce? Can we just rap about some shows that we haven't rapped about? I haven't watched The Deuce yet. So Kim and I are about three or four episodes into that, and uh, the episodes are pretty long. Um, um, but golly, super good. What's it about? Super good. It's about the sex industry in the late seventies, early eighties. prostitution and pornography and i i think it's about misogyny uh a little bit uh in in sort of broad broad strokes um yeah also also very good so um james uh oh what's the name of the guy i don't know super famous actor james (laughs) earl jones (laughs) james earl jones uh yeah, you you guys will know who I'm talking about, or if you don't, just look up the Jill and Hall. No, uh, more famous than either of those guys. Right Morgan now. Freeman. Morgan Freeman. That's who it is. Uh, anyway, also Maggie Gyllenhaal, not Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, how about um, that? But Maggie Gyllenhaal, very very good. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that more. That's going to be my other thing someday. I, I'm not there yet. I'm gonna. I haven't watched enough episodes for that to be my other thing. But. Did you watch Unbelievable? Nope. Do do watch that the Netflix special. Okay. Very good. Have we talked about that already? No. It is a... (laughs) We're using up all our other things. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, It is a Netflix original that highlights uh, kind of in two time periods. uh, So in time period one, this uh, young woman in Washington gets raped, uh, like apartment invasion, tied up, raped, calls the police... The detectives look at it and they're like, yeah, you didn't get raped, man. That just just didn't happen. So that's timeline one. Timeline two is this rapist strikes in Colorado and this detective... I think this was your other thing one week. It might have been. Anyway. (laughs) sounds super familiar. Timeline two is 
uh, these this detective catches a catches a rape case and starts working it and finds a uh, similar case somewhere else in Colorado and they start working together and then this all culminates with the solving and ultimate capture of this fella. I've either seen this or this was your other thing one week. But. You may I don't know if you've seen it. It's a it's like a relatively new. We maybe talked about it on here. I don't know. <laughs> All right. What else do you got, my man? I don't have anything else, man. <laughs> Nothing else? Just happy to see you. All right. Well, I'm happy to see you, too. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on the Instagram, at 40 and 20, even though I've been really bad about There's still that. pictures up, though. There's still pictures. Feel free to like some of the OGs. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get That's where we get all of our cash flow. Uh, so that's where we pay hosting fees. Uh, and equipment fees and, and and everything else. So, forty and twenty uh, or patreon.com slash forty and twenty. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye bye.